Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is Season 4, Episode 8, or overall Episode 52. Yep, I'm, uh, I'm Jade, I am the smart one. And I'm Art, I'm the cute one. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. So as you said in the last episode, this episode is going to round out our gaming arc, right? Sure. Yes, round out the gaming arc, probably. Uh, by talking about the state of the current video game industry, current meaning in 2021 when this episode is being recorded. However, before we get into that, I have to plug our after show. So, you can find us live on our Instagram every Friday at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time, because I can finally say that. Our Instagram is at Tech Thoughts Podcast. Our backlog hates us, but let's not talk about any of that. Just remember that the time is 6.30pm from now on. <laughs> Or you can check our website where we are not bound by the constraints of standard times or lack thereof. And our website is, Jade? Techthoughts.gay. So with that out of the way, let's get into this episode because I'm very excited to yell a bit. So major parts of the video game industry seem to have fallen into the strange camp of release ASAP or no one will care. It sort of feels like quality has fallen to the wayside in favor of quick cash grabs. And this even includes the major publishers, not the No Man's Sky Hello Games of the world, they have improved their thing, we are supporting them, but the Disneys of the video game world, one might say. So first, we're going to target Electronic Arts. Okay, it's EA. Of course they're bad, but if you didn't already know, EA are the ones who, for one, put out the FIFA and Madden sports ball games. <laughs> sports ball? <laughs> and we're... And we're not mad about that. What we're really mad about is them putting out a game every single year. There is a FIFA 12 to 22. There is no break. They've been making the FIFA game since 2012? Okay, yeah, go on. Um, it's not just from the lack of effort being put in. Wait, no, that's exactly what it is. For the Madden series, viewers such as IGN and PC Gamer have said, for at least the 21 series of sports ball, that changes have been incremental at best. Madden in particular, even for its 22 release, the 2021 game, still has glitches and a lack of polish on release. Things such as music overpowering the dialogue, a character's face that you created because you can create characters, um, being changed at random, and crashing throughout all of the game modes, because that's fun. I'm fascinated by the fact that the Madden games apparently have dialogue, but that's not the point here. The point is, Jesus Christ, how could you release this and claim that it's finished? Oh, yes. And hey, in case you didn't want to put the effort in, don't worry. For the Switch release of FIFA 21, IGN didn't even bother writing a new review and literally copy and pasted their FIFA 20 review. Because it's the same game with a roster update. Also, that FIFA 20 review complained about it being too similar to the FIFA 19 version. Apparently, they just can't make games for the Switch? I don't know. But this is the low-hanging fruit. You know, sports games? Yeah, okay, fine. That was the easy one. So let's talk Star Wars. EA also put out Star Wars Battlefront 2 in 2017. This was the second release in the resurrection of a beloved series, Star Wars Battlefront, for the PlayStation 2. Mm -hmm. The original was remembered for its varied maps, classes that were well-balanced, vehicles you can get out of when you were done with them. Oh, yes, right, of course, new Battlefront 2's vehicles are strange, to say the least, where you can get in them, sure, but when you leave, you just sort of appear where you got in them at the first place. What is the... So they're functionally not vehicles at that point. They're like weird drones. Unless... But you can die in them. If you die in a drone, you die in real life. 
This sort of kills the ability to drop behind enemy lines if you want to do an airdrop, which sucks, coming from a classic Battlefront 2 fan, sorry. So yeah, let's just move on. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 by EA was made only two years after the first Battlefront release. Likely due to backlash from fans for the first game for a ton. For one, it didn't ship with a single player campaign because they wanted to coincide their release with episode 7 the force awakens as in the movie as in the star wars movie that came out so they rushed their game just to get it out at the same time yikes yeah it's bad and for battlefront 2 they made better decisions for one dlc would be free content updates instead of the basically required content packs for the first game there would be new characters story missions maps and yes the game actually shipped with a single player campaign Things were looking really far up there. And then they made their loot box system nearly mandatory. How do you even make loot boxes mandatory in a single player game? Well, not in the single player part, the multiplayer part. Okay. That's still not better. But no. explain explain how they're mandatory. Sure. See, you need to obtain star cards for long-term progression in the game, which were most reliably found in, well, their loot crates. Worse yet, if you wanted to unlock a character, you would have to open loot boxes to obtain some of those characters. And in response to this, EA wrote, The intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes by rolling random chance boxes. And to that we say, you're a load of greedy fucks, dude. It's also worth noting that the comment, because they that, that quote comes from a comment that they made on a Reddit post about the controversy, mm-hmm. and it is one of the most, if not the most, like downvoted Reddit comment of all time, which is just impressive to me. But if you want to talk about EA being greedy fucks, let's talk about The Sims, which I have talked about before on this podcast. Um in 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 lesser amounts of detail. Uh, but what I really want to specifically talk about today is The Sims 4. So The Sims 4 was released in September 2014 uh, as a successor to The Sims 3. Here's the thing. Um, the, the, the development of The Sims 4 has sort of been fraught from the beginning because of something that is now known, well known and well verified among the entire uh, fa- uh, fan base, which is the fact that it was originally meant to be an online multiplayer game. So all of the development of The Sims 4 started out with the idea that it would be an online multiplayer game. This was eventually scrapped because SimCity, with its always online model, was such a catastrophic failure for Electronic Arts that it killed the SimCity franchise to the point where City Skylines was able to just swoop in and become the de facto best game in that genre of city building simulators. So EA went, hmm, maybe exclusively online multiplayer isn't the way to go. We'll, we'll, we'll scrap that. Except that they were already far enough into the development cycle of The Sims 4. In order to release the game on time, they had to create what was one of the most bare bones base game experiences that a, that a game in the Sims series ever shipped with. Familiar. Um, yeah. EA special. Absolutely. For comparison, The Sims 3, which was released in 2009, was a fully open world game. In The Sims 4, every single time you travel from one lot to another, you are met with a loading screen. Despite the fact that the lots that neighbor your lot are fully rendered, 
you still have to sit through an entire loading screen to get to them. It makes the game feel really closed off, then more like a waiting simulator than a game, if I'm being honest. Um, but on top of that, the base game also shipped without several standard features of the series, such as pools, burglars, fire alarms, and most notably, toddlers. Yeah, seriously, they cut an entire life state from the game and then reintroduced it in a free patch. So at least it was free, but it was also several years into the game's development. Not looking great. What's worse than all of that though, and why I bring up The Sims as sort of the, the, the pivotal example of EA's money hungriness, is the sheer amount of money that you have to spend if you want to play the game. Because the base game, the way, and this is, this is the way all of the Sims, Sims games have worked um, since the very first one. Um, the, Sim, the, the sort of model for The Sims as a game is that it has the base game and then it has expansion packs. It's a game that, that, that subsists primarily on DLC. For The Sims 4 specifically, EA decided that having expansion packs and stuff packs wasn't enough. No. They decided to split the DLC into multiple tiers. So there are expansion packs, which cost $40, game packs, which are smaller than expansion packs but larger than stuff packs in some weird arbitrary way that nobody can understand, which cost $20, and then stuff packs, which cost $10. So, just for reference, by the end of 2020, there were... 10 expansion packs, 9 game packs, and 13 stuff packs. The, the total for all of this is $749.67. I sure you're not just playing EVE Online at that point? It's a lot of money. I hate it. I hate it. Every time I think about it, I'm full of rage. And I also, unfortunately, am required to point out that this is from that 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 that, that those numbers and that article and, and that article that I'm quoting are from the end of 2020, and we are in October of 2021, which means there are more expansion packs and more game packs and more stuff packs that have been released in this year in, in this year that are not included in that total. And on top of that, EA has introduced a fun new cash grab into the game called kits, which are these like five dollar micro packs. They usually just come with clothing or a bit of furniture. Because sure, let's find more ways to nickel and dime our consumers when they're already nearly $1,000 into the hole. Why not? The Sims 4 was made for the bougie. The Sims 4 was made for the CEOs of the world. It's not even a good game. It is not even a good game. And I'm not even going to get, at, get into how it isn't a good game. I already sort of touched on it with just all of the things that it launched without. I'm not even going to get into how it isn't a good game. I am going to link a video in our not description where a well-known Sims YouTuber by the name of Plumbella discusses all of the failings of The Sims 4 and explains precisely why it isn't a good game. But that's, that's beyond the scope of our time here. Even if it were a good game, even if it were the best game in the world, which it's not because it was made by EA, $750 is an absurd amount to pay for one game. But moving the hell away from EA's dumpster fire, they aren't the only major publisher to disappoint lately. Nintendo has also been putting in the absolute minimum effort for some of their most beloved franchises. And boy howdy, do we have a lot to talk about regarding Nintendo. Stay tuned for a whole episode on them. Because genuinely, we tried to include it in this episode and then we realized, oh, it's gotten too long. 
For one, they released Super Mario 3D All-Stars in 2020, a collection of three of Mario's finest 3D games, Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. For a momentous event like this to re-release games that haven't been available for years, you would expect some flourish, some pizzazz, maybe an art book. Instead, you get three games that run emulated. Oh, yes, emulated, and not very well. Available on a lackluster main menu screen that just lists the games. You can play the soundtracks from them as well, but that's it. Mario 64 has just about no changes and is based off the re-release that has some of the best speedrunning glitches removed, which is really disappointing because I love Mario 64 speedruns. Genuinely, they're just so fun to watch. Um, Mario Sunshine, well, it released without support for the GameCube controller, which makes things difficult for a game where you are expected to have fine control of your water pump. Analog control, because the GameCube controller's triggers were analog, meaning you could get fine information about how far you press them down. I, I, Nintendo, what the hell? Oh, and it was glaringly obvious Sunshine was emulated due to the appearance of debug cubes in its secret stages, something only found in imperfect graphics emulation, which can be seen in earlier versions of the Dolphin emulator. Galaxy was fine, but still, overall, a hot mess. Yeah. Also, they did fix these things in updates, I will say that, but that initial release, very poor. Very, 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 very poor. It's, 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 it's one of those things where I, I just do have to say that that's the unfortunate part, that companies seem to think they can get away with having these like rushed, bug-filled initial releases and then just fix things in updates and have as if that makes up for it. And it's like, no, you, shouldn't, you should not be expecting your fans to pay $60 for an incomplete game that you are then going to fix. It's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. And... You might be thinking, hey, Nintendo had a bad release. EA had a bad release. Releases with many S's. <laughs> Surely the whole industry can't be this bad, right? The whole industry can't be a mess, right? Yeah, okay. So let me introduce you to Cyberpunk 2077, a game only rivaled in hype by No Man's Sky. And one that got hit with some of the worst out-of-the-box experience possible. CD Projekt Red, the developer, made the game targeting the PS4, Xbox One, and PC initially. Despite this, the Xbox One and PS4 versions released with gameplay dropping down to 14 to 20 frames per second, which is not a great big ouch. That is worse than I expected. Jesus Christ. Go on. The game also released with hundreds of bugs. This is not hyperbole. CDPR's patch notes list hundreds of bugs that were fixed in an update. Um, these included things like crackling audio on PC, enemies seeing you through walls, NPCs being invisible, characters T-posing in the open world like this is TikTok, corrupted saves, <laughs> and more. Once, one, this also, once again, does not even come close to acknowledging the lack of content for a game that was so deeply hyped, hyped up. Yeah. We're not even. We're not even. We're not even talking about that. We're just talking about the fact that for what they did deliver, even what they did deliver was unpolished and unplayable. It's. It's not like they. So. So like the issue is like they. They took their time with it. It's more of a Duke Nukem Forever thing, where no matter how much time they put into it, it was still shit. Very disappointing. Well, it. It's. It also is. Is and I. And I understand that this might be the fault of a mismatch between marketing and. To, like the mark the marketing team and the develop and, and the developers and I'm I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that I understand how that works on an intimate level because I am not a game developer. They advertised features that are not in the game. Straight up. They they just did. Like what? 
So the game has, and I do not know if they have fixed this. Uh, so a disclaimer that I do not know if they have fixed this because I stopped following the development of Cyberpunk 2077 at some point when the when people when everyone just started asking for refunds in mass. I was like, okay, that that's pretty much the end of it, and I I, I stopped paying attention. So I don't know if anything has been fixed since uh, I stopped paying attention. There are a lot of things about the way that the game was developed that just make me deeply uncomfortable. Um, uh, one of them being the fact that the game advertises your player character as being more customizable than they actually are, especially in terms of gender. Um, oh, yeah. The dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except if you choose the settings that would allow you to sort of functionally have a trans player character, you cannot romance the... Um, because basically, like, there's one, there's one romance in the game, for example. Uh, there's one romance in the game that is a, that is a, that is a, that is a gay romance. Um, and if you are playing a trans male uh, PC, you cannot romance that character. And that's just, that's just shitty. Especially for a game that, like, touted, that, 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 as far as I understood, touted the fact that you would be able to make, like, a fully customizable character, even in terms of gender, in its marketing to then drop the ball so hard and like what the game actually provides you is Ugh. and also on top of that the whole um epilepsy seizure scandal where they there's a there's a non-skippable sequence in the game they they, they did fix this i'm aware, i know that they did fix this but they only fixed it after a game journalist uh with ep epilepsy subjected herself to a seizure um to prove to them that it would cause seizures um and then they sort of the internet shamed them hard enough that they fixed it basically um is my understanding of the situation but there was an unskippable uh sequence in the game where you had to put on this sort of like helmet thing that caused a light strobing effect that was specifically patterned after the light strobing effect that they use to purposefully induce seizures in epilepsy patients when it is necessary. So they knew that it it wasn't like it wasn't like a, a like a we accidentally made a light strobing effect that caused seizures. This this wasn't like a Porygon in the Pokemon anime type thing. This was genuinely they specifically put a thing in the in their game that caused seizures, and then almost didn't remove it if it weren't for internet backlash. I will find the I will find the articles to back up what I'm saying uh, afterwards so that you can see them in our not description. But yeah, I it's safe to say that I, I have a very bad taste in my mouth about the CD Projekt Red developers for a lot of reasons. These are good reasons. Yeah. Generally, generally, let's be real. Probably don't pre-order games, everyone. There's no point. If it's there good, isn't. you'll buy it when it's out. <laughs> the only the, the only thing that pre-ordering games does is prove to companies that they can produce the crappiest thing ever and people will still buy it like that that's really all the pre-ordering game in, in games does it it completely and utterly removes any need for accountability on the company's part yeah or at least they can be done once they have your money so now that we're talking about being done when they have your money really or is all we're talking about bad game releases is this the only thing that we redefine as the, the state of this industry being a mess no no it's not and i really wish it was because we're now going to talk about blizzard well known for world of warcraft starcraft diablo overwatch 
Heroes of the Storm, and sexual assault scandals. <coughs> anyway, so we could complain about games, but we are instead going to complain about their company culture, even though I would happily complain about Overwatch 2 for 40 minutes. Mm. Also, if you want a content warning, really, this is all bad. Nothing I'm about to talk about is fun, sexual assault, etc. <laughs> yeah. You've been warned. So Blizzard has been sued for its lack of women in leadership positions at the company before. The difficulties they have faced in gaining promotions and enormous pay discrepancies at the executive level between women and men. Oh, and cube crawls. And what the hell is a cube crawl? Well, quote from a Kotaku article. In the office, women are subjected to cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. Oh, great. I did not put more details for many reasons. Anyway, not great. And to make it a little worse, Blizzard has a bit of a rampant frat boy culture leading to things like in 2013 at BlizzCon, the Cosby Suite, a hotel room hosted by the Blizzard employees decorated with a portrait of Bill Cosby, who at the time had multiple sexual allegations against him. Uh, it was used for informal meetings to move higher up in the company, for one, and many worse things for another. Blizzard, everyone. I literally don't have anything like constructive to say here because this is just that is just abominable. Like I, I don't have anything constructive to say here, um, other than if you haven't already boycotted Blizzard for a myriad of other things, like their stance on Hong Kong. Kong. Yep. Maybe this is a reason to. Just, just maybe. Just consider it. You know. So that's all the time we have for you guys today. This was a long one. I sort of fully expected it to be a long one because this is something that Jade and I are both very passionate about as people who play video games and are disappointed by the current state of video games. None of this is going to change until we have like a serious, like reevaluing of how we choose to spend our money as consumers. And I'm really hoping that the Cyberpunk 2077 debacle makes people realize that pre-ordering games is pretty much never a good idea but i have a sort of sinking feeling that it won't don't pre-order games you don't need to play it on day one that badly wait to see what the reviews are like don't trap yourself into an experience because you have faith in a developer because at the end of the day developers are still companies and companies are not your friends they just want your money yeah and just to piggyback off of that, even if you do want to play day one, odds are you're going to spend 40 minutes downloading a patch first day. So, like, yeah, screw it. What's the point? You're not catching anything. And if you don't want to catch us later, you can check out our after show. Yes, our after show, which is live on our Instagram at TechThoughtsPodcast. Every Friday at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to have a really hard time remembering to say that from now on, but I'm doing my best. Eastern something time, Eastern time, whatever the Eastern time is. Look up the look up the time zone of New York and figure out where where you are in relation to that, and you'll find our and you'll find our live stream time. But yeah, that's all the time we have we have for you guys today. We have actually finally reached the end of the gaming arc. I just realized I forgot to plug the website. So Jade, what's our website? Techthoughts.gay. Man, I can't believe you keep forgetting. And on that note, 
we will see you guys next week for something that is not the gaming arc, but who knows what it'll be. Bye. Bye.